We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Get up off the high heart. Get on off this train. Get up off the high heart and drop that thing on me. Get up off the high heart. Get on off this train. It's the number one party song of the summer of 2021. Serious business. Like the latest from Nelly. And uh, that's, to me, the Uptown Funk of the summer of 2021. Do you remember Uptown Funk with Bruno Mars, how big a hit that yes. was? That was the ultimate party song. Big fan. And all the cover bands did it. All the cover bands are going to be doing that one right there. Salute to Nelly. Nelly, doing it, bringing it St. Louis style as is always. Bringing it St. Louis style as is always. The Mark Milton Show, smash right here. Brought to you by Miller Furniture. We're here in the Miller Furniture Studios. Don't forget the three locations. That's Lake St. Louis. That's Ellisville. That is the original in Belleville. And man, I got to tell you what, when I hear that song, I just want to, as the youngsters say, bust a move. (laughs) Careful over there. I wish I could bust a move right now, but I am struggling with some excruciating lower back pain. Smash. Have you ever had the... Lower back oh, pain. Oh, the... and I go to a uh, massage therapist uh, twice a month for that. Do you really? Well, I, do. I I have done the massage thing, but this is, uh, I, I think that's probably where I need to end up in the next couple of days because it's that lower, like the sciatic nerve up through the lower yeah. back. And I'll tell you what it is. It's what? the driving that RV a few weeks ago, the ah. eight-hour drive in a fairly really? uncomfortable seat. Is that seat. like a different kind of Started seating? it. It started it. And then... I drove to Lake of the Ozarks last week, sitting in the car for three hours there and back. Just killer. Just killer on the back. You need to get a, a, a Maybach because I don't know if you've ever seen how stretched they are, man. What is a, May- <laughs> what is a Maybach? It's like a, an ultimate, like, a, it's a Maybach. That's the, the name of the car line. And it's like a <laughs> one-person limousine. You can sit in back. You can almost sleep in back. That's how long it is from the back of the front seat to the sit-down. In stretch it out. Well, that's oh, yeah, the problem. Like I'm out. trying to stretch, but it's so painful to even stretch. It's a real chicken of the egg situation because yeah, I can't right. stretch enough to get right. it get it worked out. But maybe the massage is the answer. You know what I would say? I would parallel Nelly and say, "Get up off of that high horse. <laughs> get up off of that thing." <laughs> that's what I got to work on. So I'm gonna spend the next couple of days stretching, try to work this out. Um, Smash. Let's talk cryptocurrency. Let's go. Okay. Um, IRS. Okay, DOJ. what is it? That's the first question always. You know what crypto you I know so I've heard it. Cryptocurrency but I don't know what it is. is based off the blockchain technology, but let's we're not gonna get into the weeds on that. I wanna just talk more about the right. tax consequences for people out there who who own cryptocurrency, whether it be Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh-huh. whatever the case may be, and <clears throat> what the IRS and the DOJ are doing right now. We actually uh my friend Alex Kugelman and I, who's been on the show. Uh, who's also a tax attorney. Yeah. He and I did a presentation this week uh, for Florida Atlantic University. They had a cryptocurrency really? conference that we uh, we spoke at remotely really? as presenters. Yeah, yeah. Get out of I here. actually met a guy, the guy who put it on. He's a former Secret Service agent uh, who now works in the OIG's office for the, the Treasury Department. Yeah. We met at a parade on the 4th of July down in Lauderdale by the sea. We were both standing in the parade line. He was there with his family. I was with my family. Yeah. We started talking. He said he just moved from... Washington, D.C., and I told him we lived in Washington, D.C., we made the connection, and then come to find out they're having this cryptocurrency conference, yeah. and he knew. I told him about some of the work I had done with cryptocurrency on the civil and criminal side. Yeah. So he invited us to speak. 
And I just kind of wanted to highlight some of what we discussed because people out there that have had cryptocurrency over the years should be aware of this stuff because there are major civil tax and potentially criminal tax consequences because the IRS has made this a huge priority to go after people who are not complying with their tax reporting and payment obligations when it comes to crypto because the IRS takes the position that Bitcoin cryptocurrency is treated as property for tax purposes. So that means when you buy a, a cryptocurrency, yeah, whatever you pay for it, let's say you're using, they use the term fiat or yeah, right. you know, dollars fiat. for the cryptocurrency. That is yeah. your your basis. So then when you sell it, let's say you bought Bitcoin six years ago yeah. for you know ten thousand dollars or whatever yeah. the, whatever the price was then. What now, did you buy let's say six it, years ago? A piece of paper that said you you're good for ten G's or what? No. So the way it works is it's all this blockchain technology where it's all digital, right? So you're, which kind of in a way, our money. money, our monetary system has almost become digitized. Yeah. I mean, like we, yeah, when you true. look at your bank statements, you use credit cards. I mean, it's yeah. all sort of digital, digitized, I but this is digital. a decentralized digital currency yeah. that exists on a public blockchain. And I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into it because I don't really understand all of it, to be honest okay. with you. I just know the tax consequences right. of, Hey, you bought it for X. Yeah. You sold it for Y. Yeah. Whatever the difference there is, you're subject to capital gains tax. Sure. Okay. And also the IRS takes position. If you exchange, let's say Bitcoin for another coin like Ethereum, you're that exchange that that's a taxable event. And so there are people out there that are doing, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, thousands of trades a year, uh, involving cryptocurrency and, it can become a real reporting nightmare trying to figure out what was my basis, you know, and then the price it is so volatile with Bitcoin and others. Yeah. It can be very difficult to figure out, you know, what is what is my tax obligation as a result? Or worse, people are out there just not reporting it at all. And the reason that's problematic is, you know, the IRS has started issuing summonses. This started back in 2017. They issued summonses to Coinbase. So Coinbase is an online exchange, one of the most popular in the U.S., where people can, you know, link up their bank accounts, buy cryptocurrency, sell it, exchange it, whatever the case may be, kind of like having an E-Trade account or, you know, whatever whatever you might have for your other investments. They summons their records and said, tell us all, give us the names of all of the people that are users of your platform. So what are they going to do with that information? Well, they're going to take that information. They're going to cross-reference right. with those people's tax returns to find out whether or not they're reporting their income, uh, their yeah. cryptocurrency. And then what the so IRS... you become a snitch, more or less. Uh, yeah. Who? Coinbase? No, the guy that the tax people are taking the information from. The Coinbase, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they're forced to. Coinbase fought it pretty hard. Uh, they pushed back and ended up in federal court. Um, and I used to handle IRS summons enforcement cases, and I can yeah. tell you, they're very easy cases to win. The, the government has to show very little to compel someone to comply with the summons. Really? So ultimately, Coinbase was required to turn over their customers who had more than, I think it was $20,000 in crypto transactions. Yeah. So now the IRS will take that information, compare it to their tax returns for the last several years and determine whether or not these people are meeting their tax obligations. What they also did was they sent a letter to all these taxpayers who presumably they got their information from Coinbase and said, Hey, we believe you've engaged in cryptocurrency transactions. Here's a friendly reminder of your tax reporting obligations. Be sure you're reporting your, your, transactions on your tax returns Mm -hmm. and that has i think two intended consequences one is to try to garner compliance get people to 
report their transactions and pay tax on it. And two, I think it sets the table for the people who get those letters and don't act. Later, they may be subject to criminal prosecution because at this, you know, at that point, they know, hey, I've been advised by the IRS that I have to report this. And if they continue not to do it, then you're looking at the prospect of, you know, maybe a criminal investigation or, or criminal charges, oh, which wow. nobody wants. If this uh, thing where they want to see how much you make so they can give you the capital gains tax, if you lose, can you write it off as a normal write-off? Well, it would be a capital loss. So your capital, any losses can be used <sighs> to offset your gains. And if you don't have gains, you can carry those forward. It's very much treated like a stock. So yeah. if you think about normal stock transactions today, your brokerage house, your custodian will issue you a 1099B showing you, hey, this was the date the stock was acquired. This yeah. was the date it was sold. Here's what they paid for it. Here's what they sold it for. Here's their gain or loss. The problem is in the cryptocurrency space right now, there's not a similar reporting requirement or uh, the, these exchanges don't do that because sometimes they don't have the necessary information. Um, Coinbase, for example, issues 1099Ks, which is a really a merchant payment process reporting thing. Yeah. Like normally credit cards will, like if I, if I do credit card transactions as a business, I get a 1099K that gets issued to me and gets sent to the IRS saying, Hey, this is how much in revenue this business generated from credit cards. Yeah. So that's an easy way for the government gotcha. to then say, Hey, they did this much in credit cards. So, you know, nowadays everyone's paying with credit cards. So that's a, that, yeah. that improves the IRS's ability right. to make sure you're reporting your, your true income. Yeah. But when you do that with crypto, it's not that useful because Coinbase is issuing 1099Ks for sort of the gross amount of, of transactions or the gross amount of disbursements from their the people's accounts. It doesn't factor in what they paid for it, whether they had base, maybe they transferred in the crypto from another exchange. So they don't have that information to be able to say, hey, this is what their basis was. Um, so there's a real gap right now in terms of the reporting and there's also the practical challenge of when you have super high volume trading you know how do you how do you track all that now crypto if i'm thinking correctly is the latin term for secret and is this considered secret money or well so that's one of the i think misconceptions is that it's anonymous okay yeah that, right that, the, the, the blockchain itself like for for Bitcoin, for example, the, yeah. the, there's a ledger out there that tracks every coin, every transaction. That is anonymous in the sense that that ledger does not identify who who it's being uh -huh. bought or sold to. But right. it ultimately will end up, in most cases, in a wallet, and that wallet has identifiers. Or in the case of Coinbase, if you're acquiring it through Coinbase or you're selling it through Coinbase, that's obviously going to go back to the user because Coinbase has, you know, engaged in, you know, they, they, I think try to comply with what a bank does, which is the know your customer requirements. They get your name, your social, your address and all that information. So that's all tied. So I think the, the misconception was that, you know, owning cryptocurrency, you're, you're anonymous or that it can't be traced back to you. Right. That's really not the case in most situations nowadays. Um, you've also seen, uh, you know, people, it's become more mainstream. You know, there are exchange traded funds, ETFs, where you can invest in cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, financial advisors are becoming more and more familiar with it, and there's right. all kinds of different financial products that you can buy that that sort of center around cryptocurrency and its expected growth. How long will it take society, the world at large, to 
understand and then accept this because this is hard to understand right now. It's very difficult to understand. And it's also, there are a lot of, you know, there's not one, right? Bitcoin's sort of always been the one that people know about. Um, So that's what's interesting is how, you know, will there become a a select few that get used, you know, in the future? What happens to the U.S. dollar, the Chinese yen, like we talked about? So I think the technology itself is very complicated, but the ability to use it isn't. So I mm. think that you, as more and more people become comfortable, you know, you, right now there there are Bitcoin ATMs you can go to and you can put cash in and get get cryptocurrency into a digital wallet on your iPhone. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. and then the other question is like, how do you spend it if you want to use it as a currency? Right. The credit cards, cash. That's been your traditional way of right. making payment at a gas station, Walmart. Um, so it'll also rely on. Uh, vendors you know stores except i mean we've seen like tesla you know announced last year or maybe the year before they were going to accept bitcoin and and other big merchants have said that so once that becomes more mainstream then i think people a lot of people will have no choice but to uh you know under at least understand how how you acquire it how you can spend it whether or not they gain understand the blockchain blockchain technology and everything that i mean but most people don't really understand how our monetary system works either yeah when we is think this, about the U.S. dollar and how it's valued and how, you know, the Federal Reserve operates, a lot of people are in the dark on that. So mm-hmm. I don't see that as a reason that cryptocurrency can't at some point replace your, your standard fiat. Could it be that we a have world now. currency? That's what I mean. It's, it, there's no, there's I mean, no, that's the there's only no money borders. out there. Cryptocurrency has no borders. That's it. Yeah. Assuming you can find places that will accept it. And, and it's almost, at this point, it's almost like I think a lot of people view it now more as a commodity or a uh uh fail safe for if you know normal currency gets devalued right yeah. so like if you people buy gold they buy silver they buy other commodities and i think that's what you're seeing with cryptocurrency at what point will it become a main you know the main thing you use to purchase things yeah, like right. i still think we're a ways away from that but it's definitely i think on the horizon at some point. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studio, presented by stltaxler.com. Here's another tax tip. If you're uh, someone who's out there struggling with consumer debt, credit card debt, maybe you want to do a big home project, there's really never been a better time to look at doing a cash-out refinance, and we recommend Andy Newbold with yeah. First Bank Mortgage to do that. Right. Andy did a refinance for us uh, probably, I guess it was almost two years ago, um, helped us pay for a home renovation in our backyard. We yep. redid the whole backyard, used the equity we had in our house to pay for that project. Uh, we got a lower interest rate on our mortgage. Uh, we got a lower payment, but we also, uh, you know, avoided having to take out a, a consumer loan and pay a high interest rate. Yeah. Also, the interest we pay on our refinance mortgage is deductible on our tax returns. Nice. So it's a really good time to consider doing a refinance uh, with home values being so high, interest rates being so low. Uh, tap into that equity you have. Or if you're in the market for a new house and you're just looking to get a mortgage, be sure to check out Andy Newbold, First First Bank Home Mortgage. You can email him, andy.newbold at fbol.com. Again, andy.newbold at fbol.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back in a second to wrap up the show.